Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Today we have uh, a steam panelist. Suzanne Gordon is the VHPI Senior Policy Analyst, and her work expands over decades, reporting on health care programs, workers, policy, and also she has authored and edited 21 books. Suzanne has written two books of her own, The Battle for Veterans Health Care and Wounds of War. Great reads. Jasper Craven is a VHPI Interim Executive Director and has been uh, doing astounding things for our veterans uh, through this organization. And he is here today to talk about uh, President Biden's plan for the VA infrastructure. It's great to have both uh, Suzanne and Jasper on. Um, how, How are you doing, Suzanne? Thank you so much. It's great to be on. Oh, great, great. Yes, and uh, we have Jasper here with us as well. And I know that you um, uh, have always uh, brought some in, in talented and impressionable uh, people to this uh, stage who actually look at things and uh, actually analyze them in a great detail. I know that Jasper is, uh, you know, really f- uh, focused on this President Biden's plan for VA infrastructure. So, Jasper, why don't you uh, lead us in and tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having us. Um, so at VHPI, we have really been focused for the last number of months on uh, the VA's infrastructure needs for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, this COVID-19 pandemic, pandemic has really demonstrated uh, how vital the VA system is, not only billions of veterans who rely on it, but also to um, the civilian population. That's because during this pandemic, the VA has stepped in all across the country to act as a surge force to help overburdened hospitals. They've provided key medical equipment. They've deployed staff and uh, nurses to, um, you know, struggling hospitals. And in that, they have really been able to, um, you know, mitigate a lot of the the tragic health consequences that we've seen from this pandemic. And so um, we believe that the VA needs to have a bright and strong future, especially when it comes to staff and infrastructure, you know, because inevitably there will be additional emergencies, whether they're pandemics or natural emergencies, where the VA also steps in. Um, And so we've really been raising some questions about a a Trump-era law that will create an infrastructure commission that could um, threaten the the future of the VA. But um, recently, President Biden, as part of his massive infrastructure bill, has um, shown real leadership in um, providing, I believe it's close to $20 billion, um, which isn't enough to meet the current VA infrastructure needs, but represents a really good first step in um, ensuring that the VA has the, 
you know, continues to have the, uh, the world-class facilities that veterans rely on. Yeah, when you say... When yeah. you, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead, Damon. No, so I was wondering, like, when you say um, VA infrastructure, what does that uh, include? What, what is the VA infrastructure? For those so businesses? it means... Um, mm-hmm. It's a very good question. It means that, you know, every hospital and, and health care facility, just like a, every homeowner or property owner, has to maintain their infrastructure. They have to put on a new roof. They have to fix leaking plumbing. And the VA Congress has refused to ask to the VA to do that consistently. So, for example, there were a couple workers killed in West Haven because they hadn't repaired pipes. This happened, I believe, in 2020. Um, every time you have uh, staff added and we need, the VA needs about 40,000 more, well, it probably needs many more than 40,000 people, but as a physician, you know, I mean, you need an exam room. You know, if, if you're adding 100 physicians, you have to have exam rooms for them. You have to have uh, space for people in billing and and for secretaries and clerks and so forth. And the VA doesn't have that. And also you have to build new facilities. And the VA needs probably about 70 or $80 billion, which is really very little when you think what we spend on our wars every day, you know, yeah. probably 10 minutes. Um, and the VA needs about 70 or 80 billion and Congress routinely gives them 2 billion, 3 billion, you know. So this Biden infrastructure plan will at least give them a quarter of what they need and then more is needed. Um, another really important part of the Biden infrastructure plan is the plan to increase better broadband and internet access to rural areas. I mean, telehealth is a big thing now, but you know, you know, you, I was recently in, in Mendocino County, California, and you know, the internet is terrible. Um, I tried to participate in a Zoom call and basically had to get off. That's completely unacceptable. I mean, you know, years ago, uh, air, um, telephone companies, when we had landlines, were forced to provide landlines to everybody. Then um, internet companies have not been forced to do that, and because you know it's it's it does they're for they're for profit, right? Right. So that's, you need to. Yeah, that's that's really you know that's one point that's really important, Suzanne. You're making because as you were talking about that, I was thinking you know we can reach nuclear submarines under polar ice caps, right? <laughs> With our technology and the telecommunications piece. Um, and we, we have to reach remote areas and battlefields, but we can't reach each other here. That doesn't sound right. Well, I mean, it's out, yeah, but, you know, these for-profit companies, if, if they're going to concentrate on urban areas where there's, you know, 10, 20, whatever million people, are they going to concentrate on, you know, rural areas where, you know, there's very few people? You have to make them do that. And Internet is now like a telephone line. You know, it's like mm-hmm. having clean water, which astonishingly some people still don't have in this country. Um, you know, particularly African-American communities. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you have to, 20% of veterans live in rural areas and they don't have access to 
uh, state-of-the-art. They may not have access to state-of-the-art VA telehealth, even though VA will give them for free, you know, iPads and iPhones and, and computers. But if you don't have broadband, uh, what good is that free computer or iPad or, or phone? So the, <laughs> the Biden plan, I think people really need to pay attention to this and veterans really need to pay attention to this because it is very important for serving the nation's veterans, both the broadband part of it and the, um, and the uh, money that would go to infrastructure. Not to mention that, you know, many veterans' family members would get jobs building in infrastructure, including veterans themselves, because, you know, veterans, many veterans go into the construction industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting what you were saying about the um, having the computers but no access. It's sort of like having a car with no gas, right? <laughs> so it doesn't do you much good uh, to have a car with no uh, fuel. And uh, so, you know, Jasper, tell us a little bit more. What So what, what do you think that we should be doing? Um, how... Uh, should people be getting involved in this process as veterans? Yeah, sure. Well, um, I think that the best um, thing that veterans can do at this point is to uh, call up their uh, senator, call up their congress member, and try to get a sense of um, where they stand on these really critical issues. Um, I mean, you know, there are... Uh, hundreds of VA facilities across the country from massive, uh, you know, medical centers that provide a comprehensive slate of services to community-based outpatient clinics to vet centers. I mean, it's, you know, it's really this astonishing network. And um, at this point, I think what veterans should be trying to figure out is, is not only what their lawmakers are going to do to ensure that that infrastructure remains, um, but that it's strengthened. And, you know, right now there is actually, as part of this Trump-era law I mentioned earlier, the Mission Act, there are assessments um, over VA infrastructure. And from what we're hearing on the ground, these assessments are not being done in a thoughtful and effective manner. Um, they're basically looking at utilization of VA facilities in troubling ways, they're not really planning for the future effectively. And so we worry that, um, you know, some of these facilities that veterans rely on may face, um, may face irrelevance, may be shut down, may, um, you know, see hours reduced, staff reduced, all of that sort of stuff, which has a devastating impact not only on veterans' healthcare outcomes, but also on local economies. I mean, these facilities employ lots of people. They ensure um, that uh, clinicians can be trained. I mean, I think it's 70% or so of all uh, health clinicians trained in a VA facility at one point or another. And so I think, you know, veterans, I think, you know, in many communities are really deeply engaged with their VA. They, they have a community there. It's really important to them beyond the care they receive. And so, I would just recommend that they, you know, check in with their representatives to make sure they understand how important these facilities are and how they need to be saved and, you know, also uh, push for lawmakers to see if there can be improvements um, made at some of these facilities, additions, you know, more infrastructure, that sort of stuff. Yeah. 
Because we, we do have a lot of uh, returning veterans from, you know, from Esk- Afghanistan slated to return home as well, right? So they may uh, need some health care, uh, you know, uh, issues that they have to face. Many of them have done, you know, multiple tours uh, over the years, over the last uh, longest war in the history of this country. Uh, so you would imagine that the needs are going to be there. So why not prepare for that, right? Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. You know, the problem is that there are people out there who are determined to, um, you know, privatize the healthcare system, and they don't really care what happens to veterans. They don't care about the studies that show that VA healthcare is better, that veterans have, you know, uh, very specific issues that um, the private sector isn't isn't able to have. We just did, if, if folks want to go onto our website, which is veteranspolicy.org, uh, we just did a really interesting Zoom um, forum on this air commission, and there was a wonderful physician who specializes in trauma-informed primary care, Eddie Edward Mottinger, who's at UCSF, University of California, San Francisco Medical School, and he basically said, you know, the private sector is is set up not only not to be able to care for complex patients with trauma, but it, it's set up deliberately to discourage those people, you know, coming to, um, to to primary care practices or to those facilities. Because, for example, at UCSF, they have a primary care clinic with 28,000 patients and they have one social worker. Wow. Now, at the VA, you know, and and what that means is that you know, Damon, as you know, you have a veteran who has trauma. They they face an obstacle getting care. They're likely to act out. Uh, the, you know, in the VA, a social worker would be called, and there would be multiple social workers available in at UCSF or any other clinic, one medical, you name it, whatever. There's zero social workers or one social worker. So what happens to that person who acts out? They call the police. Oh, potentially boy. arrest the person. Um, oh, I mean, arrest is the last thing that happens at the VA. It, it may be the first thing that happens. And, you know, I, I mean, I think veterans just have to get to, to get informed about this and meet with their Congress people. I mean, this whole Biden thing should be a not, it should be bipartisan. It, it, this is not a Republican issue or a Democratic issue. Um, and the same thing is, is with veterans. But um, sadly, you know, that's not the way it plays out, but but people in Congress are, you know, respond to telephone calls and to meetings, and and veterans really, the many veterans may themselves, you know, be Republicans and think, oh, I'm not going to support a, a Democratic plan, but really we ask them to think again. Yeah, and it's really not a partisan issue. It's a, um, it's an issue of um, respect and. Um, you know, for people who served, because when people serve overseas, when they're uh, on a on a battlefield, they're not thinking, "Oh, I'm doing." You know, I have to, you know, uh, you know, employ myself in this fashion to stop this insurgency uh, because I'm making a Democratic vote or a Republican vote or an Independent vote or a Green <laughs> Party vote. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You're making a, right. an American vote. <laughs> yeah, and and I think it's tragic that people you know, get addicted in a way, which I think it is kind of almost an addiction to this kind of anger, vengeful, 
politics, and it's kind of like wearing masks. I mean, how how did that get to be a political statement, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, you protect your family, you protect yourself, you protect other people. It, it's like, what's the big deal here? But I think that, you know, when it comes to this infrastructure issue, um, you know, it doesn't sound very sexy. It's like, oh, construction, you know, um, repairing pipes. I mean, you know, what people would much rather buy a new piece of furniture and repair their roof, you know, but mm-hmm. you have to do it. And Congress really has to be forced to, to spend the money, which we have, on, on this stuff. And this is a move in the right direction, we think. Great. So, you know, a veteran should be going to learn more about this to veteranspolicy.org. Um, and, and, you know, it's really, uh, I think VHPI is really timely. Um, and it's, it's going to be something that veterans really need to consider and their families because it not only affects uh, individual veterans, but this, the family structure as a whole. And, and it affects our uh, nation because um, many of these veterans who need that um, medical care uh, then also still continue to serve. They're still active duty. They still may have to go out. We, you know, we right now are having a lot of unrest in uh, the Middle East. We have no idea of where that's going to take us. Uh, hopefully, they oh, de-escalate, and that's not going to be a big issue, you know, with uh, Jerusalem and, and Palestine. But we, we really need to uh, start thinking about preserving our force and taking care of people who are in the military. Uh, they, you know, they put their lives on the line, and not to put a dollar on the line, you know, that needs to preserve them and, and keep them safe and keep our nation safe is just unconscionable. It doesn't make any sense. So we have, we have about two minutes to go. So um, uh, Suzanne and Jasper, you know, give us some of your last comments about, you know, what you think um, is the really the, the important infrastructure piece that they need to be focusing on, uh, and then that uh, plea again to make sure that uh, our people who are listening who are congressional members or um, people who are in the legislative body understand how important this is. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, as a civilian, one of the things that I have always been so um, impressed by in the veteran community is this generational uh, solidarity and camaraderie, you know? I mean, it was, uh, it was, you know, a generation of veterans a century ago that uh, ensured that the GI Bill was available to veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in those successive veter- uh, generations, veterans have accrued more benefits, more support from the government. They've rightly, uh, you know, put the feet of lawmakers to the fire to say, hey, we have served this country. You need to support us. And, you know, through that, veterans have secured really um, a slate of incredible social services. And now we're at this moment where many of those services are in jeopardy. And, you know, I mean, fundamentally here, there are these, these, this network of buildings and uh, community centers that, uh, you know, need support again. And so, uh, you know, we have already seen over at BHPI lots of veterans coming together from all generations to ensure that this infrastructure is pushed through and that more steps are taken. Um, and so, you know, I would just encourage listeners to sort of get involved in that, in this generational fight. 
Okay, great. Thank you so much, Suzanne and Jasper. Uh, we run Thank you for having us. Oh, yes, and, uh, you know, veteranpolicy.org. Veterans, go out there, protect your um, uh, rights as well. Uh, we have uh, rights as uh, veterans to make sure that uh, those who are among us, our battle buddies, are taken care of. Uh, that's a responsibility for all of us to maintain. So thank you, Suzanne. Thank you, uh, Jasper, uh, partner, Veteran Healthcare Policy Institute, VHPI, doing a wonderful job for our veterans. And uh, thank we, you. St- stay with us, stay with us. We have some upcoming exciting news for you on different topics. So stay with us, our AHG listeners. <laughs> Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.